Hi, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Bound Sonore, episode number three. I am Alejandro, and for anyone tuning in for the very first time, welcome and thank you very much for listening. I am so excited for today's episode because the person that sat with me here at my studio is actually somebody who I didn't meet so long ago, but very, very quickly became a very good friend. Kate Cooper is a composer, producer, guitarist, and overall very cool human being from Brisbane, Australia. She plays guitar and sings for Anne Horse, an awesome indie band, and has been based in Canada for over 10 years now. She currently works as a senior producer for a library music company. I think that what made our conversation so interesting is thinking how different our journeys in the music world have been so far, but also realizing how much we have in common. Kate and I met actually not very long ago at a Screen Composers Guild event here in Montreal. And when the podcast started getting a little bit more shape, she was one of the first people that I actually reached out to. And I actually was so pleasantly surprised at how excited she was by the project. In the show notes, you'll find links to her projects as well as her Instagram and her social media handles. It was honestly so much fun listening back to the conversation as I was editing it. We talk about a very wide range of subjects from her experience working at a record store in Brisbane, Australia, where she's originally from, debating whether the next Jurassic Park is going to have dinosaurs with feathers or not. We talk about the life on the road as a musician and different ways that we can take rejection in the music industry. I'm really looking forward to having Kate back here in the studio. But in the meantime, I leave you with this conversation I had with Kate Cooper. Uh, all right. So I, I have no, no formality in terms of introductions. Excellent. I never. Okay. Well, so yeah, I'll probably like record something like, oh, we're going to talk with Kate. But yeah, you can, we can start by you introducing yourself. Sure. What's up? Hello, everybody. <laughs> no, don't cut that up. <laughs> oh, we, I think we can, I mean, what? Oh, okay. we can swear. Okay, because I'm, I've read that it is a sign of intelligence. I think it is. But I say that because sometimes, you you know, we were talking about earlier, mm. like getting franglified. Yeah. Sometimes it's the only word that will come into my mind is like, <laughs> shit or fuck. And I'm no, like, no. do I have Tourette's? Like, what's going on? Uh, um, but, uh, sorry, <laughs> right, so sorry, sorry. Okay, yeah. I'm going to focus. Um, my name's Kate Cooper. I'm an Australian living in Montreal Ooh. and I play music. I come from rock and roll, I guess. And, uh, yeah, now Great. I do other stuff. Now you've drifted away from rock and roll. Yeah, it's, it's the late night. So I was like, what's something else I can do where I can go to bed at a sensible hour and mm. get up at a sensible hour but and not have to be on the road? Is the main thing. Well, yeah, the road. I remember you mentioned that it's 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 a it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it is. It it's a lot. Be, it can be. A, I can imagine. I didn't do that. You're lucky. But no, also cool. enjoying it. It's great. It yeah. is great. But I've seen a lot of Holiday Inns in mm. America, <laughs> and <laughs> every guess, country actually. Yeah. And are they all the same? Uh, no, there's definitely oh. different, better ones. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There's. Well, yeah. There's so the Express makes... too. Ah, right. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. But then it makes you look forward to. The nice holiday ends. Yeah, when you get a good one, you're like, yes. yes. So does that become more important than the actual show at some point? Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. used to drive my bandmate crazy. I'd be like, where are we staying? Yeah. He's yeah. like, don't read the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> but we need to rehearse. No, no, no. We need to sort out where we're going to sleep yeah. first. Yeah. 
Uh, no, I actually just left all that to other people. So now that's a good. Idea. I want to think about. But it. you did stay in the world of music, though. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I um, now I produce a bunch of music for a library, mm. and I also write music for libraries and whatnot. Yeah. And you also did you stay in the genre? Yes. So yeah. I I mean I guess I played indie rock because I'm self-taught, mm. and that was easy. Like three chords and the truth is kind of it. Yeah. That's the backbone. And I still subscri subscribe to that because that's <laughs> the only the amount of chords I know. You can do a lot of things with three chords. That's so you, yeah. Um, no, I know more chords now, but <laughs> I definitely have branched out to other things, more cinematic stuff. Like pl I've been writing on piano, which is something mm. I've never really done before. And that's, yeah, interesting. And I, and I also like write and produce everything myself. So previously when I was in my band, which was called Anne Horse, is called Anne Horse, I suppose we're still a it's thing. Still... We'll do, we'll write a record again, but Damon's <laughs> busy doing Modest Mouse stuff. And he lives in New York and we're both from Brisbane, but whenever we, you know, can carve out a week, we're going to go away and write a bunch write of stuff. Away. Yeah, but just like COVID happened and then... We'll do it at some point. I'm sure. But maybe not hit the road, just writing. No, stuff. we. D I don't mind touring if it's like, uh, like we did do a little bit of stuff um, pre-COVID where we, we did like some European shows and mm. some shows in the States. Like I don't really want to go out for more than two weeks yeah, at a time. But yeah. th you say that and that's always three weeks because we just added some shows. <laughs> yeah. and, and I like playing shows at home because it's like mm -hmm. nice to go home and play shows. But I, I don't think we'll do anything anytime soon. But you never know. I, I have in the past before said, no, I'm never touring again or I'm never playing. And then and, um, and then people are like, you said you were never going to tour and yeah. I see your shows on sale <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. So, you know, I feel like Damon and I have that kind of relationship where we'll probably be making music till we're 80 or 90 and just hanging out. But that's, I think that's amazing to keep it going because yeah. you don't need i mean the the the, the reason why you're making music with that person it's, it's the same just the context changed a bit i yeah. guess but i mean you're still not there. even like we just mm. had a good connection we actually met because we worked in a record store oh, that's, together that's so cool. yeah and like we would <laughs> back in brisbane yeah that's so and cool. we would close the store early because uh -huh. it's quiet right because digital <laughs> streaming started taking off yeah, we were like okay, oh shit i sense. think our days are numbered Damn. and then there was like a PA for uh -huh. in-stores. And uh, so you'd use the time? Yeah, to... we'd just go write music and no one would know. So so that's the world I come from. And to be honest, if I had known that like composing was a thing, mm -hmm. I would have got into it. From the very beginning. Yeah, like my parents were great parents and, you know, they really <laughs> sacrificed <laughs> a lot. Yeah. But they were like, you're going to be a lawyer. Yeah, He's yeah. Because I, I learned that you you went to to law school. I dropped I out know. of law school. Right, yeah. right. And I have another degree in like arts or whatever. But uh -huh. um, but yeah, or like whatever. What no. I, I mean, <laughs> it just cost me a lot of money. But yeah, like, and I'm also from Brisbane, which is like a small town in mm -hmm. Australia. It's a city now. But yeah, I I remember it being I'm big actually, enough. I'm actually from Surface Paradise. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to Surfers Paradise. It's so gross. <laughs> I like, well, I, it was my first nice. time being there, so I was like, everything is amazing. I mean, but the I get it. Beaches I get are it. beautiful, yeah. but it's yeah. like a tourist town. Yeah, for sure. So for I grew sure. up there, and like the economy was tourism mm -hmm. or doctor, lawyer, accountant. There was no like, right. you can be yeah. a TV writer, you can be mm, a comedian. Was, like, really nothing like creative. Yeah, like it just wasn't an option back then and mm -hmm. i don't know if that was just the 80s or it was just my parents i don't know <laughs> but they were yeah, like or the combination of the both of them, yeah probably. 
I think so. Yeah. And they were always really supportive when I was like, I want to play guitar. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And then they'd be <laughs> That doesn't sound very supportive. Well, then they would come in and go, put that guitar down. Yeah. And study. study. Yeah. Oh, but um, they were like, there's no way you can make money from that, you know. Mm. And I believed them. Yeah. So when I moved to Montreal and I fell into the world of composing for libraries and just sync in general, I was like, oh, shit. I didn't mm. have to go on tour. <laughs> it, there's another way. Yeah. that's Because that's actually one of the, the things that I love about meeting people in the music industry is that we all came to the realization that how we can make a life of music is way wider than we at some point thought. Yeah. So for sure. And, I mean, and everyone's realization comes at a different point in their development, which is always really bizarre to think that. Yeah. Like I wonder <laughs> now, like, I guess kids in school could be like, I'm going to, I mean, I guess even when I was in school, people were like, I'm going to do music and just figure it out. I just, yeah, yeah just well, didn't know that was a thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess it, maybe now the, the options are way, like there's way more of them Yeah. before perhaps you just need to like run into something or someone who would just let you know that's a possibility. Like intern at a studio. Yeah. Like I think that was the yeah. way in. Or just like even asking yourself like, oh, who made that the music for that film? Yeah, that's, see, yeah, yeah I have spoken to people and they're like, yeah, when I saw Jurassic Park, I knew yeah. that's what <laughs> I, I wanted to I, do. I didn't have that. I have to admit, I did not have that at all. I mean, I was like, that was a fucking dinosaur, yeah. man. Like I was thinking about that, not yeah. the music. Like, that was a real design. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, the fact that the music work made you love the dinosaur more, for sure, but I didn't, I didn't hear the music. Yeah, I didn't hear it either. But even if I had, I... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't think I would have thought it was accessible to me. So, like, when mm -hmm. I was making records back in Brisbane, I was always working with men who were engineering, mm -hmm. and I would ask questions, right. but it was never like, hey, you can learn this, or, mm. like, you know, I'd be like, how do you do this? Don't worry about it. Just go play it. You know, like, there was never that. Yeah, and, sure. And, you know, like, I knew the name Hans Zimmer, but I was like, well, I could never be. Kate Cooper can't do that, uh -huh. you know? So, I, yeah, like, that's yeah, a confidence thing. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, that's true. A, like, being a lady thing that I think has changed, for sure. Uh -huh. But, um... Yeah, but now I'm like, oh, yeah, like, maybe I could do that. And the, for, you can't. They're sure. still making Jurassic Park. I got a shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're making more Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's like 12, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. And there's going to be more and more for and more. For sure. There's the more so... the technology to make movies improves, there'll just be, like, better defined uh, dinosaurs. Yeah, except they didn't put feathers on the dinosaur. Yeah, and, and exactly. That's what I was just going to say that, that we're going to see, like, actual better representations of what they would look like. The thing about Jurassic Park, it, it didn't move me that deeply because I'm from Australia and we have yeah, dinosaurs. you have... The no, cassowary, have, did you come across that? I did Deadly, not. man. No, I did not, but I was glad. I, I was aware of yeah, it. I was very much aware of it. Because if you had, you would be dead. Yes. Exactly. No, I, I... When I lived there, all I... It was constant, constant dread. <laughs> like, really... And not necessarily from my own... Like, obviously, I knew it, but... It was either people back home saying like, "Oh my God, did you see the what was like the the one of the spiders that kills you?" Like, oh, there's a the few. Well, Redback. They don't kill you though. Uh, that's also the thing. It was mainly either things we thought would kill you, which actually didn't. And they just make you pretty sick. Yeah, exactly. 
And uh, and then, well, it was either people back home or people in Australia trying to play with my head. Right, like a drop bear. Oh, yeah. I, I knew about the drop bear okay. from before. I, okay. I, I was during uh, travels, I met Australian people who I befriended enough before they actually told. Like, oh, and that's they, nice. Yeah. So I they think told the, me all about the drop bear. The drop bear is a cruel thing. But I like would. I was home a couple of months ago and I hadn't been home because of the whole Australia closing the borders thing. Mm. And I was walking down to the beach with my wife and some friends and a local was like, oh, ladies, I saw some brown snakes on the path. Be careful. And Val's like, is that is that bad? And I was like, well, that's one of the deadliest snakes in the world. So, yeah, just keep an eye out. Yeah, just, just you know, just be careful. Yeah. So. Uh, I, know. I get it. If I was in Australia, I would have also bothered people, like, scare them purposefully. Yeah. Be like, yeah, careful with the drop bears, careful with this and that. I, I It's a bit cruel, but. It's good for a laugh. Yeah, it is very good yeah. for a laugh. And I forgot what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm really bad at that. That's I, okay. I always, that always we were talking about Jurassic Park. Yeah, I, so I went uh, yeah, with so the you, dinosaurs. You have the dinosaurs. Right? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah. It was my fault. No, I, I like the tangents. <laughs> but, so we're going to see better, uh, like more realistic dinosaurs. I'm here for that. And that actually will be cool. And yeah, then you'll yeah. do the music for it. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope so. Yeah. Thanks. If you, Yeah, if you know well, someone, that'd be great. Well, I mean, the only I was just going to say, because I hope I get to do the second one, because we're, in a way, might be competing. Or we can co-write. We could co-write. That would that just would be, be good. That'd be fun. And we both have cool. the experience. Yeah. I also read something about how they knew when they made the first Jurassic Park that, oh, that, that dinosaurs had feathers, but they were like, no one else really knows yet. And they're going to be like, mm. why are there giant chickens? That is true. So it makes sense. We did have to go through the. Well, I guess they made it worse because then for a long time we saw them. Yes. So then it made the process of us accepting that they have. Well, feathers. see, this is why I'm unsure if we'll ever get to the feathered dinosaur. Maybe they'll just add little feathers here and there. I probably they'll do a transition. And then <laughs> they'll do a little transition, <laughs> movie by movie. It'll change they, ever they, so slightly. They might have already. I haven't watched the last couple. I know because there's been a few. I, yeah. I watched one of them. And there weren't any feathers. There were okay, still yeah. new dinosaurs, though, but no feathers. Chris Pratt on a motorbike. That's the last thing I saw. But that's I think the last one I saw. I don't remember feathers. Were maybe he's feathers? made five since then. Like I I'm, feel like it's like yeah. Jurassic Park and Chris and, Pratt. <laughs> so he gets feathers and the dinosaurs maybe, get feathers. <laughs> maybe so everyone evolves. That's nice. Everyone gets feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Chris love Pratt's him. like I'm transitioning to feathers yeah. too. Oh my god! Well, why not? Maybe it's a gene. Maybe it's like it a genetic. It could thing. be. Like the dinosaur breeding. Yeah. Hey, okay, now we're pitching ideas too. I love hey, we're on fire. So I started screenwriting after this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Uh in twenty years we'll write and score yes. the new Jurassic Parks. Oh my god, yeah. That's actually the best way of And it will be feathered humans. Mm -hmm. And not feathered dinosaurs. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. They'll be they'll have skin like a uh, very smooth skin. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh evolution. Yeah. Guys, get on board. Come on. <laughs> Uh, just to get back on board, I do have okay. one question yeah, that will please because uh, I will just keep talking. Oh, me too. <laughs> no, it, this so this question is for starters, well, like, out of interest, but also for when we write music. Okay. So I'd like to know what was the last song you listened to. Okay, so that's a good question, and I made note of it because I saw your note, oh, and then I know, and yeah. I was like, I wish I hadn't, but then maybe it's a good thing because I mm -hmm. have a very eclectic taste in music, and I'm Love it. I listen to stuff all over the place and mm -hmm. I have recently been getting into um, a record by a guy from the XX called Oliver Sim. Yeah. Uh -huh. So not Jamie XX uh -huh. and not yeah. Romy, the, the other, other one. one. Yeah. And um, I didn't even realize he released a solo record, but he, I didn't know. Either. Yeah. Like it was last year and right. 
I have a friend who works with him and she said, his record's so great. And I was like, oh, what? Oh, really? And then the record's really great, but there's one song on there. Um, I can't remember the name. I'd have to look it up. And it's it's just like me. It gets in my head. It's crazy. And I, I was listening to it in the car on the way here. Um, then I can tell you the things I listened to before that yes. was um, the last Big Thief record because, like, I just ah, keep yeah. listening. I nice. when, when that record came out, mm-hmm. I was like, ah. I don't like it. They've lost me. I, you know, and then I just kept listening to it. And then one day I was like, this is their best record. Ooh. Have oh, you listened to it? I, I haven't listened to it, like sitting down and listened to all of it. I, I've listened to songs, but I think I need to. So I'm a vinyl collector. Ooh. It's oh, you problematic it. for my life, mm. for my relationships <laughs> in my life. Um, but yeah, so I have that on vinyl and oh that's so cool i have like a listening chair have oh a, that is so fucking yeah it's, nice. it's dangerous yeah and i just got like last year i got a local dude from here he uh-huh. made me like a credenza i didn't even know that was the word yeah i learned that very recently in montreal actually. maybe it's a, maybe it's a thing here yeah I, I would call it a record shelving thing yeah but, but it, credenza it seems better yeah yeah it seems sure. fancy it mm-hmm. is fancy pull out Facing, yeah, it was it was a good thing to buy. It was very expensive and a good investment, maybe. So I got it because for years I've been trying to find something, and I do have records at home too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because I'm like, I don't know where I live, but now I pretty firmly live in Montreal for the last ten years. But right. I need to let go of the fact that I have records at home. So um, I got this thing made, and I was like, this will give me a little space to grow. But by the time it was done, it was already full. It's already full. Cause I have mm-hmm. a rec, I'm in a record club with my best friend at home. It's so, it's th- <laughs> oh, no. okay. This is my advice to listeners. If you have a partner who might not be so supportive of your record habits, just tell them you joined a record club Oh no! and my partner is very supportive, uh-huh. but basically what you do is each month you send each other a record. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I'm not buying a record no, for myself. No, I got it. They sent it, it to me. It just came. Yeah. So it is tricky because I don't know her collection. and But I, I was, when I was home, I took photos of it so I could. Okay, so you know more or less what. Yeah. The... And she's like, dude, you've got to finish uploading your records to Discog so I can mm-hmm. search. Yep. But that's like a full-time job. Yeah, it really does. It's really time consuming, especially if your collection is huge. It's not huge, but it's getting sizable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to, the barcodes never scan. Yeah. And yeah. So. It's a whole thing. Anyways, I it's cool. It's a good way to discover music. Mm-hmm. And I really, because I work on a computer all day and I'm listening to a, mainly digital music, it's mm-hmm. I, it's nice to consume music that way. Like it makes me really listen and I like holding the record like a little kid and yeah, reading. Like the whole, yeah, like reading it. And reading re- it, looking at the yeah, artwork. No, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Like a ritual. Yeah. And like that's what we do on you know, the weekend, it's like, I just listen to records now. I don't need to go stand up at a show, which says something about my age. But, um, <laughs> but uh, because the ultimate analog experience would be to go watch it live. Yeah. But, yeah. I get it. And I, I still it. like it, a live show. But when, like, just before COVID, I went to Japan for the first time mm. and, um, Ooh. they, their vinyl bars blew my mind. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is. I should live here because this is like all I want to do is go out, uh-huh. have a drink, and listen to. It's not like it, someone puts a record on, stands by the record, mm-hmm. flips the record. That's my kind of DJ, oh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Just play this and just thank you for uh, turning it. Thank you for. And the yeah, hi-fi systems are like oh, thirty thousand dollars speakers, oh. and I mean, 
minimum. Mm-hmm. But the other record I listened to was uh-huh. this nun who plays. This do you nun. know? Do you know this record? Spielt Eigenkomposition. It's so my own playing my own compositions by this... sister. And what I have never heard of that. Name yeah, her I name's love it. Mariam Gebru, I guess. Yeah, Mariam Gebru. Yeah, I don't know, but um, she. I. You should have a listen to it. And she plays piano and. Ooh. She's like. Is it just piano music? Yeah. Ooh. It's crazy piano music. It's awesome. Okay, okay, I'm very interested. And it was on that same label that I was telling you about. Oh, about the Utopian? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... Okay, this is going to be... This is going to have some incredible recommendations. So I love it. That's the... They're the two records I've been... That I listened to last night. Yeah. Okay. If I didn't know I was recording this, I probably still would have listened to those records, but, you know, might have listened to some other stuff too. I don't know. And I listened to the Paris, Texas soundtrack. That was the three oh, things I listened to because yes. I just got that for Christmas. Really? From Val. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I haven't heard because I don't have a, a vinyl player, unfortunately, and I have to constantly tell myself, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, and I, I would love to listen to that like vinyl because I haven't well you should come over come over and, and have I a listen I would love to I would yeah. love to I'll take a, a boil of mezcal and take yes. it I, I remember that oh yeah mm, that'll be great oh yeah okay so that was the first like kind of technical okay, well, cool. question I loved it thank you very much I thought about it long and hard <laughs> and I would really like to come back to what I was describing before of how we realize in very different points in our kind of music development or journey yeah Uh, when we can actually like make a living out of this or whatever. And the fact that you studied something else and you already said it, like there was no real notion that you could have music as your career. Well, I believed I couldn't make music my mm-hmm. career as a touring musician. Right. As okay. A, so I mm-hmm. and everyone told me I couldn't. Right. But that's exactly why I did it. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. yeah, tell me I can't and yeah. I'll, sh- I'll tell Let, you I can. Yeah. So I will show you how it's done. Yeah, I'll show you how it's done. It's yeah. very difficult, but I did it. <laughs> well, you, I mean, yeah. the fact that you did that. And I mean, it's difficult, but any, like life's difficult, right? Like mm-hmm. every, like it would be harder for me to go to be an accountant every day. Like that would be so difficult because yeah. I would be dead on the inside, yeah. <laughs> you know? The Quebec tax code is like. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, I don't I mean, even understand it. I don't know. I never understood the one in Mexico. I never understood the no. one in Australia or in anywhere. Else. No, I just don't know. So I'm I'm very thankful that they exist. Yeah, no, me very, too. Very, very grateful. Thankful. Yes, very thank good you. skill. Yes, this this goes out to all the accounts yes, listening. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we we're here. We actually are here because of you. In yes. A way. Yes. Thanks. Very much so. Yes. You justify my large purchases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. What would we do without you? Yeah. It would be hard. But I mean, because there might be lots of folks who would adjust to the specific kind of like just the dynamic of working in an office yeah. easier. Yeah. Yeah. But I I know for a fact just through the number of people who have had burns out just kind of went along because it was yeah, the so, safest <clears throat> choice or whatever. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. It's interesting. That's a really interesting way to think about it mm-hmm. um, because so my dad was a lawyer and he had a law firm. Mm-hmm. And each summer, me and my sister and my brother would have to go in and work in the photocopy room. Okay. And go, to play to, your part in the family business? Well, and to like teach me the value of hard work. Yeah. Okay. But all it taught me was that this is stifling. Mm. I got paid 60 bucks and I worked five days, eight hours. Like I worked 40 hours a week uh-huh. and I got 60 bucks, which is probably pretty <laughs> child slave labor. And <laughs> But it's your dad, so maybe it doesn't count. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, but still dodgy. <laughs> I was like, I will never do this. Yeah. This is 
absolutely my worst nightmare. So my dad thought he was instilling this work ethic in me, mm -hmm. but in my mind, I was like, I'm just going to have a good time. This is absolutely not what I would like to do. Yeah. This I, you know, and my brother went on to be a lawyer and I, I always go like, how? Like those, those days in the photocopy room were like miserable. And were they as miserable for him too? I Well, he was a little older than me, so we never worked together, but right. me and my sister mm -hmm. are two years apart and we were kind of always shipped off together. Um, uh -huh. And we both hated it and we'd just get up to no good. And, you know, and it's also like summer on the Gold Coast. So yeah, the beach like is you perfect. You really don't want to be doing that. Yeah. And I'm in <sighs> a stuffy office. <laughs> I was just like, thank you for this, for instilling this in uh -huh. me. But like, so I went to university not really knowing what I wanted to do, but I mm -hmm. could get into like a, like a film degree because I like watching movies. Cool. I like film. Yeah. And, um, but while, while I was at uni, I met people to play music with and then I, you know, did an honours year at university because I was like, well, it gives me another year to play music. Mm -hmm. And then I got a job in a record store and I was like, well, this is it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I, you know, like mid twenties, I was like, well, I probably can't work in the record store forever because it feels like it's going to close down. It, just because of the historical context. Good point. Yeah. 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 And so I was like, well, maybe I could go to law school. So you know, cause I'm like, I don't have a math brain. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in science. I believe heavily in science, but I'm not interested <laughs> in it. You know. you. We appreciate the but, clarification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know, I can write and I can speak, uh, I can think. So I actually really did love going to law school, but then mm. midway through, I got offered a tour in the US and I was like, okay, cool. Mm. I'll go do that. That happens. That seems like a good fun thing to do. Well, correct me if you're wrong. If I'm wrong, but correct me if you're wrong. <laughs> I am. Correct. <laughs> okay, cool. No, correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess as you were saying, like people would say, oh, you can't make a living out of touring. So kind of automatically you go through the, uh, the other path of choosing a career that's going to be more sustainable. So the moment you get an offer, it's like, oh, look, it actually could work. Yeah. And the thing about being in Australia, as you know, it's mm. like super remote, like it's the bottom of the earth. And There's like five cities to play yeah. and it's like, you can't really make a living in Australia as a musician unless you are like, like a white man playing pub rock. Yeah. And sure. even then, I don't yeah. know how you play You've Adelaide had... five times a year. It's like, who cares? Like, yeah. but uh, you, you have to be incredibly committed and... and you have to be incredibly big with mainstream Australia. And sure. that's mm -hmm. like, I'm, my type of music didn't like, was kind of neat, considered niche in Australia. It was just indie rock. Yeah, so like true. getting the opportunity to play in the US when people were like, you'll never be able to do that. And I was like, I, I think I kind of could. Mm -hmm. I just get a feeling that I could do yeah. that. Because also once you get to the States, you can just play forever. Like you could just tour forever. And there it is way more sustainable. Yeah. And then yeah. that's how you make the living. So that's mm -hmm. when we got the offer. I was like, of course, mm -hmm. you know, and then that just opened up the door. And also what was really cool about that opportunity was that I wasn't a freak. In, mm -hmm. You know, like... Now you see, right. Yeah, yeah. like, because mm -hmm. Aust in Australia, if you're a woman playing guitar, when I was coming up, it's changed, of course, now as society has developed, thank God. But, you know... <laughs> Not fast enough. Yeah, yeah, it's still... Yeah, mm -hmm. but, like, there was no... There was, like, two women playing guitar and they were, like, rock pigs, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, 
or you're a pop, sexy pop sensation. And I'm just like a little freak. And there was no real room for me. Like people, especially the people who were controlling the industry and Mm -hmm. making the decisions, they were all like, you're not a sexy person and you're also not a rock pig. So like what? What can we we do with you? Yeah, we can't do anything. We won't, we'll give you an opening slot, you know, on this show and you can drive 12 hours and get paid in door change, which I've done, you know. Uh, But so then when I came to America and, you know, like, I got a record deal pretty quick and it was like, oh, shit, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, sick. It can actually happen. Yeah. So then you got the record deal once you got to America. The, the invitation was just for the tour. Yeah, so it was a tour That's with cool. Tegan and Sarah. Oh, and fuck, yeah. Yeah, mm. super fun. And, um, yeah, and then we played in New York and um, a guy called Michael Goldstone or Goldie saw us play and signed us. And, what up? Yeah. So it was like, you know, got an agent and it was like, okay, sick, all right. This <laughs> is was- incredible. Well, I guess because obviously you couldn't change the situation in Australia fast enough. Yeah. So it was... I mean, even now, I think now Australian bands tour a lot more in the US. Yeah, It wasn't as accessible. I think it would be hard to still make a living just touring in Australia. Yeah. I mean, I guess it even if small towns have developed into cities, it doesn't compare at all with the... It's just the population, I think. Yeah. And the vastness, I mean, vastness of land, like it's a huge land, but nothing happens in the center, of course. And when you're touring in Australia is actually one of the hardest places to tour. Mm. When when you have, like, when you're working a record and you've got other tours scheduled out, because you'd be like, you've got six days in Australia and every day is a flight at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. And you've just finished the show at two, you know. So you go straight into the it's, airport. It's oh, like you don't much. sleep for a week. It's really, really hard. So you got to have days off. But when we were doing it, we our schedules were so crazy that it was just like, you know, yeah. no days off. Then fly to Europe and go, keep going. And I was like, I'm dead on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun. Like I shit on touring, but I love playing live. It's still, you know, it's mm-hmm. like an addiction. Yeah. There is nothing really that, that feeling. Yeah. I, with all the stress that comes before. And after. Uh, and after it's like, oof, it is such a release of just everything. Yeah, it's worth it though. Yeah. And that, like that's how I did it for so long because mm-hmm. it was just like um, an addiction. Yeah. Was, <laughs> Until you realize and, well, the like, body couldn't take it for that yeah, long. So Yeah. And then, you know, like I met, I met a, a cute girl in Montreal and I was like, well, <laughs> I could go work for a month or I could yeah. stay in Montreal and it's a beautiful city. Yeah, and... it, it is a city that offers you perhaps more. Or not necessarily more, but different things that perhaps you could have elsewhere. Well, yeah, like I'm from Australia. I didn't mm-hmm. even see snow until I went on that tour, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. And like a city where you speak a different, la- like two languages are spoken. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, it's that's like, always cool. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. Like I pinch myself that I live here. It's like a magical city to me. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, I really I, love I, it. I totally agree. It, it really is. No matter the niche your music lies in, it, like you have people here that are going to listen to it for sure. I hope so. We hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I, I'm saying that and now I'm like thinking, well, actually, maybe not. But, <laughs> Refresh my streams. <laughs> yeah, no, like, uh. no, no, no. Of course, no. It's just a cool city. Yeah. It is a cool city. Okay, so once you ha- you drifted off the... The righteous path of law, like law degree. <laughs> so I get, and I guess the choice of going touring was easy. Yeah. Yeah, it was easy. Mm-hmm. It was like a no-brainer. It was like, well, I'll play like 1,500 cap venues, yeah. 21 
one show is like that's it amazing. well because it's the opportunity right like yeah that, that was we the, all kind of hope for yeah to have. yeah it was like we came back from that tour and we made money mm -hmm. you know and i was like oh and then you know after that tour i went back to australia and then we had we're in talks with a label and an agent and they were like when can you come back mm -hmm. you know and so we went back and did another tour and i think that's when we got signed and then they were like you should be in north america right and so we went back again on tour and I didn't really ever leave Brisbane. It was like, mm -hmm. I'm going on tour. I don't know when I'm going to be back. Right. I packed up my house though. And uh -huh. I, yeah. And I was like, all right. And then that was, you know, 13, 14 years ago. So I'm still on tour. <laughs> You're still on tour. It's, yeah. it's just gone on for very long. Yeah. Right? And like a couple of my friends and my sister have like my record collection and some comics oh, really? and stuff like that. And they're like, That's... when are you going to get your shit? And I'm like, well, when I come back, I'll yeah. figure it out. When the tour ends here. Yeah. And I don't know when it's going to end. Yeah. I, I bought a place and now I really live here. Maybe the, the fairy tale of what happened was that the opportunity was presented like against all odds in yes. a way, which yeah. is amazing. It's incredible. That's super cool. I, I, I know because I've heard the band, so I, I understand why. Thank and you. also the fact that it was like not in the right context or I mean, just alone in Australia without too many people who would probably like value it for what it was. Yeah. So it needed to expand somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that was the thing. And you know, like we worked, me and Damon worked in a record store and we were listening to mainly bands from America and the UK. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know. It was already it, kind of like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, they were, um, you know, it's like, oh, I couldn't get enough of Death Cab for mm -hmm. Cutie at the yeah, time, yeah, you yeah, know, for and, sure. and then went on to tour with them. So like, it, it was really, yeah, it was really incredible. And I feel, I'm so grateful to Tegan and Sarah for, you know, pushing me to do it. And yeah, that was the first, like literally just opening the door. Yeah. But uh, what I find even more cool was that uh, it wasn't like an invitation to necessarily improve, but rather just to find where you could actually like explode. To the maximum of your potential. Yeah, and the cool thing about those girls is I had met them actually a few years before in the record store mm -hmm. doing an in-store and we just oh, so stayed cool. in touch. Uh -huh. And they're kind of freaks like me. Like, you know, like... then You saw that they are, they exist yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, and they... Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I say freak in a tender fashion. Like, I feel mm. very confident and happy with myself, but... You know, even now I look and, you know, you, I don't know if you do this, but you see p friends from school on Facebook or yeah. whatever and you're like... I am so different. Like, how did I grow up in that? Like, I still look at it and I'm like, yes. oh my oh, God. Yes, I definitely have that. I don't yeah. own a single little black dress. <laughs> uh, how have I gone this whole life uh, without, without having a single it, yeah. LBD? When it seems that in other contexts, it's like crucial. You have to have it. These, these ladies I went to school with, only have them. I think they go to work in them. Yeah. And they have one for work and one for cocktails. And yeah. For, Friday, yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Right. But that is, I mean, I have that exact same kind of having flashbacks of how it was back then, like in high school, and then seeing them now and seeing myself. And I was like, whoa. They do. It's I so don't know. Strange. It is strange, and yeah. I don't know if this is a thing you've noticed, but uh. they all seem older than me because they have like well, I don't know serious you, lives. I don't know if you can say that about me because I have lots of white hair. But you still seem <laughs> youthful and joyful. Okay, well, thank I you. mean, they're probably youthful and joyful too. That's um, well, I, they just seem like sure. more established. Like they that, got that, kids, that for sure, cars, yes. houses. Yes, and debt. I don't know if you that 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 for sure. But I mean, I also kind of. I well, mean, everybody. Everybody has that. 
But I mean, I always, even though I have tried to stay away from that kind of no uh, feeling or sensation of comparison. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, but uh, I do definitely like sense a difference. The more that I've see my own kind of growth in the music world, and the more confidence I have in the fact that I that made the right choice. Yeah. Then I see those differences and being like, well, I mean, there's an explanation, there's a context, and I am like way happier with what I yeah. have, and yeah. like with all the the good quote unquote things that they have, like a house and the, the family. And that I, feels suffocating. I kind of, yeah. yeah. In the way they have it. Yeah, it seems in that context, for sure, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And different strokes. I don't want to shit on anyone. But um, <laughs> I remember thinking in high school, like, I'm so different to these people. And now I feel like, you know, like I can talk to you for hours yeah. in circles and we're having a great time, you know, yeah. and I feel like having a conversation with one of these people, I would have, there'd be nothing. Like what, where would be our bit to relate, in, you know? Because I've, I've had that with a few people that I would like every now and then when I get the chance to see them after we finish high school, it's so just formal. Yeah, and like, yeah. how, what have you done? How have you been? And nothing. And it was the same back then. It's just maybe... I never know. You didn't have a choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I was kind of still wanting to maybe a little bit to be part of that. Yeah, it's a, that, that's the thing that I always, now as I get older, I think back on and I wish I could tell myself, like, mm -hmm. don't <laughs> be worried. Yeah. You don't need to fit in. No, like, it's, it's cool. It's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Don't yeah. feel bad about it. No. Like, and because you eventually do, like, surround yourself with you, the people with yeah. the freaks you find the, your people yeah 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 and when you see this it's like oh that's cool i yeah. mean the way we ran into each other it's like yeah exactly uh, what are the chances yeah and and then we figure out we have way more things in common that yeah. is really freaking cool yeah really really cool it is cool it's easy to fight the universe or notions of the universe but mm. it you just really gotta let lean back yeah and uh it's like one of those trust exercises you do at a corporate retreat yeah. <laughs> where people so fall all, back yeah, <laughs> yeah and then you have to catch them yeah yeah and and also the other thing the flip side to that is too that you've also got to put yourself you got to do the things that make mm. you uncomfortable so yeah that, that's, that's like hard. one thing that i think that i've I'm not very good at giving myself props for anything, but one thing that I know that I have to do is if I'm asked to do something and I immediately don't want to do it or it makes me uncomfortable, then I need to do mm -hmm. it. You know, like even when you hit me up to do the podcast, I was like, oh man, that's going to be like, oh, he's going to know I'm not very good. You know, like all these excuses. And then my, the other part of my brain is like, you got to do it, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's an understandable response to be like, oh no, why? Or... If I if I'm not used to it, I won't be good at. Because yeah. I know how that's how I feel too. Like, yeah, but I won't be good at it. Even like you know, with Anne Horse doing things and mm -hmm. shows and things, I was like, oh, you know, and always the right. ones I did, it opened up a new door, you mm -hmm. know. And it's like that's what you got to do. Yeah, it does need like maybe sometimes you need to push yourself a little bit more than other times, but yeah. it's always good. To... You got to connect with yeah. the universe because I think also for composers, mm -hmm. we can close ourselves in our studios oh, and just not so come easy. out. Yeah. And I'm having a great time doing that. <laughs> I love it. But when you go out and you make these connections, I think, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I, it might sound selfish, but there's lots of things that you like learn in those interactions that then when you do go back, because we will go back to our little pods. Yeah. Uh, then we have something new to work with, or and bikes. then you, yeah, <laughs> like a stream deck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully not only uh, like things, but yes, yes. it's always nice to have new things for sure. But even like just ways of yeah, thinking no. about your music. Totally. But, and that actually that's a very good leeway into. Uh, so that I wanted to ask how how was the transition from touring playing guitar into 
not the, into not doing that yeah. and then having well, it was grim it was grim yeah it was really a really bad time in my life <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was yeah. really rough um because i so i had met my now wife and she's from montreal and we had moved about Canada for her job and then we were coming back to Montreal. And I was like, I will play music because I don't speak French. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's, I'll just keep doing music stuff. And that's all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I had made a solo record um, under the guys Cooper and it ended up being quite a pop record. And the record label I was on wanted to put it out as initially it was going to be an Anne Horse record. And I was like, this is not Anne Horse. This is like super pop. And they were like, okay, we'll put it out solo. And I was like, oh, that's going to be more touring. <laughs> and, then I, and then I got to do Ann Horse. I was like double the touring. And they were like, here's an 18-month kind of schedule. Oof, and I was yeah. just like, and at the same time, my dad uh, had was really sick in Australia. And I had just kind of had this realization that the people I want to be around, mm-hmm. I'm never around because I'm touring, you know, I'm not with my dad. I'm not with Val. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm like kind of, you know, and also the other thing about when you're on tour is you, you're kind of in a stasis. So like the bills wait till you get home, like everything waits until you get home. And, and I had been living in Montreal on and off for a few years, but I never really felt like I lived anywhere, you know, Mm -hmm. cause I, I'd never had friends or roots. I had friends all over the world, but Mm -hmm. not here. And I was just kind of like, I think I, was just burnt out. I was just like, no, I'm not doing it. And it was crazy because I got a big placement on the Kardashians and I had a big label in the UK wanting to sign me on that record. I had all the opportunities that I had ever dreamed of. It was there. And I just walked away from it. And I'm not sure if it was the best move. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I should have done that. Mm -hmm. But then I'm where I am and I'm really happy now. And I just, I just couldn't tour. I just Mm -hmm had nothing left in the tank, you know? And so then I was in Montreal just kind of like trying to co-write. I had a pretty decent publishing deal. So I was writing Mm -hmm. for other people and I hadn't really learned how to produce myself, Uh, like produce. I had always worked with a producer and, Mm -hmm. you know, I knew how to use logic and record, but But hadn't gone gone too deep. And Val was like, why don't you just look for a job in music? Because I I needed to get out of my head. I needed to be Mm -hmm. around people. Uh, I totally see what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was looking at job sites and there was a job for a music library. I'm like, what the fuck is that? No idea. And it was like, you need to know about PROs and cue sheets. And I like was like, I don't know what that is. I just can apply. And then I can tell Val I applied for a job and <laughs> I'll just keep going along. Yeah. And then I got a call and the recruiter was like, do you know what a cue sheet is? And I was like, um, and I was like Googling it. I was yeah. like, yeah, yes. I do. So I got a job working at a music library called Premium Beat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been doing that for like nine years. So it's through that job that I realized, I learned that I didn't even know what a music library was. And now I do. And they're really great ways to get really good at writing music and op- sure, yeah. open the door to, you know, I've met so many talented writers and I get, I write for the library and I get to produce all over the world. And, you know, the other thing was I earned money, like decent money to buy gear to yeah. learn how to use <laughs> yeah, it, you know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. And it, it's actually... It's crazy to me because I was like even unsure if I was going to go to the interview. And I was like, I'm going to do this for a year at the most and then maybe move back to Australia or start touring again or do something else, you know. And luckily the job kind of was chill enough to allow me to do, to tour as well. So I did tour a little bit here and there. At the beginning mainly or? No, not at the beginning, like uh, a few 
few years into the right. job, me and Damon made another record because I, I got restless. So I was like, all right, I got to, <laughs> you know. Yeah, now, now, you've, uh, now you've had too much that's, of, in one place. Yeah. So it's like, that, okay, now what, what can I do? Yeah, and, and sure. I, that's why I never say never because it's like, hey, there's this yeah. tour. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, right. mm, yeah. <laughs> I hate touring, but yes. Germany in spring's really nice. Yeah, you know, like, so. Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) But, and also just like, like it was fun to make music again with Damon because we had, we had a real, we had a break and, Uh you know. Catching up musically. Yeah. It's always going to be good. Yeah. It's like a warm hug, you know. And Uh then I I think I just really needed a few years to just absolutely do nothing Mm -hmm. and just going clocking in at this job where I was surrounded by music and I was kind of learning like, oh, you can be a composer. Like, oh, that's something I could do. And then it took a few more years to build up the confidence to actually be like, this is what I do, mm, you know. And to try out what you've already noticed in other people. Yeah. And like hmm. I spend I spend a lot of time all day talking about music to people and advising them on how to make their tracks more suitable or better yeah. or like fix the bloody snare, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then I'm like, I, I can do this. Like, why aren't I doing it? You know? So. Then why not give it a go? Yeah. And so, then you probably realize that it's not easy to talk to yourself in I, the same way. <laughs> I, I Well, see, then the biggest thing I have is that I'm an absolute fraud because I can tell people like this song is shit and this is how you could maybe make it not shit. Good luck. But maybe you can, mm-hmm. you know, or, this song is great, but if you do this, but when it comes to my own music, I'm like, I think it's all terrible. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It, and then, you know, like the people I work with, are going to hear it and go, why is she telling me what to do? Like she yeah. can't. Look even, at what she did. Yeah, my it's God. shit. Ah. So, yeah, with a lot of the writers that I work with, they're like, oh, like, thank you so much. Your notes are so invaluable. And I'm like, mm. I'm just like stating, like, to me, my job's so fun and easy because it's like, right. th- it's so easy to me. But when it's your own work. That is true. I mean, you're playing against yourself. It's like you're deaf. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can have a good ear and come up with what something can be improved. When you wrote before producing, then it's a whole different story. Yeah. I don't think. Anyone can do both. Not at the same time. No. Definitely. Yeah. Because you... You're too in it. I, I think so. I think so. Like, every time I have to uh, produce, I, I have to step away from thinking what the music is doing and then improving the colors and adding other stuff. But if I don't take a little break, like even a literal break of time, yeah, I can't, I can't switch the... Yeah, yeah. From, produ- from composer to producer. It takes a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So interesting to see how you see it in other people like oh this can be improved and so you you like you can produce i can yeah <laughs> like i think i'm like yeah i'm pretty good at doing that mainly because i've done it for so long right. but uh yeah but i feel like a bit of a fraud because i just surround myself with great writers and mm. you know and what we were talking about the other day was which is i think really really important in any area but i mean in the arts i think it shows even more how like the whole conflict of confidence overconfidence and yeah. no, no confidence at all there's a reason why it can be hard with ourselves when we have the expectations of what we create and when you're overconfident like to the point where you're cocky about it yeah i mean it's well those people aren't usually very good yeah very <laughs> i didn't want to say it but yes you heard it from her not from me no, but, it's, <laughs> but it's very true though well, it's well i think if you are always trying to get better and you're striving to be better and you're like comparing to other pieces of music and you're like, oh, it's no good. Then the journey is that you are pushing yourself. But yeah. if you are like, this is really good, then it's like, okay, I'm going to go play a video game. You know, yeah. like. Oh, I rocked this. This yeah. was so easy. Yeah. Cool. I'm done. Yeah. And I think part of the cool thing about 
music that I realize why I am drawn to it and I love it is that you can never conquer it. It's mm, never, mm-hmm. you'd never go, now I know everything. Yeah. I'm well, done. Sure. It's like for every sure. day you're like, yeah. how do I do this? What's this? Oh, yeah. You know, and there's. On every single aspect of it, I think. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much history and there's just so much to learn and that keeps it interesting. Mm-hmm. And the confidence thing, like, I mean, I think I am very hard on myself, but then I know a lot of people who are, and mm-hmm. it's just how I am. A lot of creative people are, I, I think. think. So. Yeah. We're in good company in a way. Cause yeah. if this person who is so good at what they do doubt themselves and i do that too well i maybe it's not bad to doubt yourself yeah. or to just want to improve it a little bit yeah and i think so sometimes people are like you're too hard on yourself yeah. um, but yeah. i my retort is if i wasn't hard on myself i wouldn't get better mm-hmm. you know i i think it's best to not even judge it and just now like i think i spent a lot of time being really hard on myself and all these things and now it's just like just leave it don't think about it that's how mm-hmm. it is you know that's it yeah 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 i totally agree and you also have to get really good about like taking feedback and learning from it and doing mm. all those things yeah. and once you get your head around that then it's just like just look at it as learning mm-hmm. then it's like the best job in the world for sure what we do but i, I like i like that you said the word feedback because that was uh, something i was gonna reference specifically how obviously how we take feedback definitely ties into our confidence and all like if you're overly confident you're not going to want to take the feedback because it's not going to mean anything to you because through your eyes and your ears you already made it you already did it yeah what are you saying change the snare the snare is perfect yeah but it's all like guarantee it's not yeah (laughs) and even if it was try it because the suggestions come from another cultural baggage that you don't have so it might bring you something yeah it's gonna open and it's gonna unlock something or change something that will change a billion other things and I guarantee that that person in five years will sound the same because he never or she never added anything new and the other people who were asking would sound of it yeah so Mm -hmm. when I started producing myself and writing and composing myself more I, you know, used to worry, you know, about getting feedback or someone saying, you know, I'd be like, oh, they think this and that. But now it's like, that's the gift. That's the gift. And yeah. you got to be open to receiving it. Yeah. You never want to be the smartest person in the room. No, of course not. And it's never, it's, it's never a good sign when if, if that's the case then change something so that at least they that get the challenge from somewhere else. At yeah. Least. Change yeah. the room. Even if you can't change it for like a long period of time, at least pique your interest somewhere else where you're not the smartest person yeah. in the room. Yeah. One of the questions that I would also like to ask is how did you ever deal with the first kind of uh, rejection in terms of a cue? I want to ask the distinction between the first, say, cue that got rejected or that really got, you know, like pounded versus the first time as a band that you got something that was a sort of rejection. I mean, my whole history of Brisbane, being in Brisbane is mm-hmm. rejection. All this. <laughs> Absolute rejection. Right. Just one, you know, like people would come to the shows, uh-huh. so I feel like fans liked us, but the industry who were the gatekeepers, mm-hmm. it was just. No. Just no. It's mm-hmm. only no. So I feel like I'm very well versed in rejection. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I guess for like musically, like, so beyond that for cues and things like that, um, I think I'm just really good at it being mm-hmm. rejected so if anything I love rejection because it's the same thing that got me out of Australia it was like you will never you know like people 
industry people in Australia were like, you have a terrible voice. You can't sing. And I was like, say that to Bob Dylan. Yeah. Fuck. Like, I don't give a shit. Like what <laughs> his voice sucks. Look at yeah. him. Um, you're just being a sexist pig. So, yep. um, so yeah, so I showed them, you know, so there's that. So I kind of love it. So, you know, sometimes I think initially getting feedback on my work for like my composing work was tough, but also I knew that I needed to get better and I mm -hmm. wanted, I was like, tell me, what can I do? Help me. Like I, <laughs> yeah, for sure. yeah, like, so, you know, and I also think that whenever you get advice or, so I meditate a lot mm -hmm. oh, good. because it keeps me less um, reactive. Not that I'm aggressive or <laughs> oh, wow. reactive okay. or anything. I'm learning so many things. Yeah. So you're usually very, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. but you know, just like, you know, when you get a note and you're just like, what mm. the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on. But, you know, I've learned like to step away, mm. come back the next day and then read it and go, yeah, cool. Yeah. I would say that rejection is the most valuable thing to getting better. Yeah. Just makes me go, watch. Yeah. You, oh. you don't think I can? Yeah. Watch this sucker. Well, because I mean, as you say, like if it happens for so long, even, even if the circumstances are different, right? It's like a, a band, uh, you have someone else maybe to share that baggage with. How would it, how did it make you feel back then to see that the shows were full, that the people was there? I mean, they weren't always full. No, but, but, but I mean, well, but well, people, well, were, the people were there. Yeah, the people yeah. were reacting to it. And then. I mean, yeah, it was really frustrating. I remember being so frustrated and just like mad, you know, and just be like, why? It's just because I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. It's just because I'm a girl. Like yeah. that is the only reason. So I, I played in some other bands before and horse and it was the same thing. And it was like, if the dude was singing, I guarantee we would have many more opportunities. Yeah, for sure. And Australia's changed a bit, but not a lot. Like it's still mm. run by a bunch of dudes, you yeah. know. And, and it's still smaller as it's, a market. Yeah. And there's like, there's some great bands that have come out of Australia and really called that shit out. Like my friend's band Camp Cope, mm. a really yeah. great band. And, you know, they're bastions of sanity even though they're winding up right now but like they're they've just called it out and like I'd never felt strong enough to do that you know and I just love those ladies for being so amazing and just being like you're all a bunch of dickheads and watch us you know and they which, came over here and killed it you know which which is another just another proof that yeah that's the pudding yeah exactly so that's crazy. I can't remember your question but yeah well just I mean just that feeling of Hearing just, that, hearing the constant no versus yeah. seeing things actually moving. And and I don't know, like, if you had that in your 20s, mm. like, I feel like that's part of your 20s, right? Like, it's like <laughs> just frustration. like Definitely, yes. And you're just being like, I want to be here. But, like, the only way you get here mm. is by living each day and each moment and uh, doing yeah. the steps. And, you know, like, mm -hmm. when I finished playing, well, when I was like, I think I'm done touring or at least I need a break I was like well I just did that for 10 years and I got nothing you know but now you have to like do your website or write a bio or something for something mm -hmm. you write I write you know I see what I've done and I'm like oh yeah I guess I've done some shit yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> you, cool. you have well hindsight is the yeah. worst gift but the best gift after touring for so long I guess you just hated it enough that I mean I well I, not hated it but you wanted to because it's a very hard word yeah and probably not exactly how you felt but oh no there were times when I was like <laughs> so depressed or like dead on the inside yeah. I just remember playing and just being like I'm a robot like it just uh, like it was just rough and why like, did we get that holiday in yeah <laughs> like I hate and we didn't even get a holiday in <laughs> I mean the holiday in's a good night but um 
Yeah, and I think also it didn't help. Like my my dad was really sick, and just all that stuff. Of yeah, and yeah. yeah, and also like you got to you're bringing money in, so mm. you're not playing, you're paying. You know, yeah. so you just got to be playing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. But like you now, I think about how long I've been playing guitar, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I can play guitar because I just played guitar for ten years. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah that so, won't go away at yeah. all. You're just adding more instruments, but the guitar will oh, never. Yeah. Yeah. Will never go away. No. That's really cool. But I mean, I definitely think that the 20s are hard. They're hard. Yeah. Because no matter the circumstances or not, there's always going to be kind of like a uncertainty. Yeah. And in a way, I don't know if what mm. it was like in Mexico for mm. you, but I found in Montreal or in Canada, it's quite different. Like where I was from. And again, it could just be my parents, but <laughs> you finish school, you go to university and you get your job, your career yeah. job. Yeah, 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 for sure. But I find in Montreal, like you can be like 28 and still being like, I'm not sure what I'm doing. That is very true. I, I, well, I did see that. And I, culturally, there's so many differences. Yeah. So many similarities to like, for sure, the idea of uh, getting the best grades you can so that you can get to a good university. And then that's going to lead you directly into a job. Because I think my my family, at least, was very much like education focused. Yeah. So Same. studying is important and then getting a master's is important, which I, well, I love. Like, I got my master's, too. I got my, my degrees. And then after that, there was at least like a, not necessarily just for my parents, but from society's kind of set plan would be to then, yeah, get the job. And if you didn't, there was many implications that you either fucked up or someplace or, yeah. or, or even worse, like if you realize you chose the wrong career, you suck it up and you stick with yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my God. You you stick with yeah. it and you you can allow yourself maybe to have hobbies and shit, but maybe add something else to <laughs> like clean the bleakness of your life. But you stick with it. Yeah, yeah. I guess well that might be interesting to ask if, since you you were in school for something and then kind of dipped your toes into something else, which was law. But music was always the driving force. Because yeah. uh, one thing that I saw on at least the three places where I studied, which was in Mexico, then I went to Australia. Yeah. And I did my master's in Scotland. Amazing. Uh, I mean, I was incredibly lucky. And if I hadn't had that those chances, I don't know what, what I would do. If I had stayed in Mexico, I actually ask myself constantly what I would be doing. And I really don't know. I don't think I would. But anyways, that's a whole I other mean, thing. I mean, if you ask, I wanted to be mm. a surfboard shaper. Oh. Like, you know, like, I think about it too. I'm like, that's crazy. what? Well, at least there's lots of surfing. That's true. So yeah. you, you could have maybe... Yeah, I would have been all right. Yeah. <laughs> you would have been all right. But like all I saw in like all the music universities was different kinds of programs. Yes, with different approaches. But there was never that defined path that you can have afterwards where that was more or less clearer in every other kind of area of studies. Right, yeah. So if you have, if you study law, well, you're going to probably, there's, there are a few options laid out, either a law firm or different kinds of laws, but you know the path, yeah. you know yeah. what you have to do afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And for, I, I would, I think almost everything has a, a little bit of a path. Yeah, I agree. And music is not, which is why I'm glad that I'm starting to teach because I would really hope to eventually like change that. Yeah, because I, that's mm. exactly right. Because if someone had said to me, hey, mm. you could be in a room making music that will be used for TV and yeah. I would have been like, I'm doing that. Epic. Yeah. Or how Sign do me I up. get? Yeah. 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 What are the classes I need to take to do that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
because I guess even if and if we're not in, in university, there's always that romanticized idea of music as art, but also as I guess in say in your case, like the the road life, right? Like yeah, I agree, and I think like I often wonder, like, I wonder what would have happened if I actually studied music? Like how, mm -hmm. you know, I think my life now would have been a little bit easier in some ways, but it would be different Maybe, yeah. because, you know, we all get to where we're going in just a different route. But mm -hmm. um, it's kind of interesting to hear that because, you know, friends I knew or I didn't really know anyone in music school actually, but I'm like, what are they going to do? Like play piano at night? Like, and I, I was never really yeah. good on my instruments. Mm -hmm, like that's mm -hmm. why I played indie rock because it was like Sonic Youth just bang their guitar. I could do that. Yeah. Like, you know, and I like that I was able to enter music that way because if someone was like, you got to pass this exam to get in, I would never have got in. And like, yeah, I don't know. People make music differently and I think there's space for all the differences yeah you know? that's absolutely right yeah totally so agree it's interesting to hear what you kind of learn at, mm -hmm. at university because I'm always like what what did you learn yeah well we don't well we learn there's so much focus on of course there's important things but well I mean I always think of the last I think it literally was the last week of our masters where uh Guy Micklemore who was a composer for Disney at some point, and okay. he has his own like online university, and, uh, like interesting dude, very like knowledgeable. And I remember that it was the first time that someone had ever made like any kind of reference as to what life would look after outside. And it was the last week. It was the last week, and <laughs> it was not only that; it was the bleakest sentence. It was like, for, oh so for God. the next two years, you're not gonna get any any work. Wow. And it was if you stick by it and you like work on your jumps, you'll get there kind of like you start with one line which is one project you worked on and maybe that person will rehire you yeah and then will maybe recommend you to someone else so that you have like two and you start branching out until you eventually like further down the line maybe 15 10, 10 to 15 years you'll have enough people that have heard what you do that you will begin to make a living yeah of music that's and we had all just been analyzing videos and creating soundtracks and all this ac academic like really helpful things that and you were like hold up what yeah and <laughs> and i mean it was incredibly tough to hear and i remember so vividly when we went to the pub afterwards and we just drank and no one talked for oh, a while yeah, wow. it was really i mean we of course needed to hear it but it may be better to hear it the first week so you can at well, least... Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, at least it kind of prepared you because otherwise sure. you'd go out and be like, what, 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 sure. you know, like that it has, but you, you'd kind of think maybe someone might mention that in the first week. You would, you would hope so. Yeah. And I think, and I, I, not at all like trash talking the, that particular course because I saw it everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I saw it personally in three, at least three different countries, very far away from each yeah. other and like from many, 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 many people who have studied elsewhere. So it's, it's a common thing. And not only in music, in arts, it's very, yeah. very like romanticized in many ways. Yeah. Well, I, my first degree was an arts degree mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it was literally like, what do you do with this? Yeah. You know, like I, it was just like, I'll get a job in an office, but I need this piece of paper that said I fucked around for three years. Yeah, exactly. I do think that, um, the, the bit about just persevering you know sure. that's the thing like yes. the amount of times I've quit music and then you know <laughs> yeah. I'm back making music it's this yeah. like you know, know and you get you kind of get to a point and you look around and like the people who are still doing 
their creative thing mm-hmm. at my age it's like well they're doing it now yeah. you know they're getting paid and yeah and yeah, yeah. you know it's like music like the journey for me has been feast or famine you know it's mm-hmm. like it when it rains it it, it pours, pours in you know <laughs> yeah and then yeah. it's a drought you yeah. know and i think that's like one other thing to keep in mind is like you have to love it. It's all it's almost like a bit of an illness really because <laughs> at times yeah. I'm like I wish I could just not do it and be happy going to that dead end job. Oh, I know. You know, like it'd just be so yes. easy, but like I just cannot not do it. It's mm-hmm. like I mean when you think of it like that and then you think about how we're even existing from a big bang and particles and stars and all that craziness. It's oh, like shit, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. like you may as well just do what yeah, you love cuz I can't it. I Honestly, cannot do anything I don't like. No, because what would be the point? Yeah, it'd just be too miserable. And we just spent a whole year and a half, two years, like, locked in, which for us composers was, was, we, I mean, nothing (laughs) could have been better. It was amazing. We were already used to it. But for a lot of people, like, like we've talked about it a few times, like, reach the point of burnout in those specific moments because, I mean, life-threatening situations can make you realize. Oh, yeah. Why the fuck am I doing this? It makes you really put things into perspective. And I think perspective, that's the thing that I really wished changed in specifically in in art schools, music schools. The matter of perspective of knowing from the very beginning how much the trajectory will differ, say, from other kinds of studies where, yes, there's more of an actual ladder to climb that makes you kind of like reassure yourself like, yeah, if I go down this path, I just have to keep on going on the ladder and I'll be fine. Even if I hate it, at least you yeah, like have a, that certainty. Yeah, yeah. So then makes it harder to then step out of it because... Or doubt yourself, right? Yeah. Because you're that, like, yeah. i got to do this certi- yeah. certification. Yeah. And if I have that certification, that means I get a pay raise and that means I... It goes up. I hate this, but at least there's... A st- structure. Then the yeah. structure is definitely not the same in art or in music, but it's still there though. And we don't... We, we or at least I found out by being in it. And that kind of, it just annoyed me to (laughs) annoy me a lot that it wasn't that laid out. Yeah. Or just, I think the thing about the music Mm -hmm. career is that it's all self-motivated. Like if you don't do it, you like, cause there's no path. So it's like, you've got to figure it out and then you've got to do it, you Mm -hmm. know, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, but you'd think that they would mention that you well, know it just like i didn't even know what a music library was well for instance you know. like you you happen to actually instead of saying something i'd rather ask you i imagine you had like a kind of understanding of the music world when you were playing in the band yes so what happened when you realized that the, that world is maybe bigger than you thought like, yeah i was just kind of like what i i was shocked and surprised like i didn't realize and you know it took me a long time to realize I came from like a really small place and with small views and you know and not that I was raised with small views at all but like just like the industry and you know even now when I speak to friends who are from Australia who work over here Mm -hmm. they're like you know I think about going home to work but there's just like there's just not enough or there's you know it's just it's there's five people that dominate this Mm -hmm. you know and I mean I'm just making up numbers but to me it was eye-opening and at first I was like, I don't think I could make music like this. I think I just, I just play music with other people and I perform. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, just started being more confident in myself and my ears and my abilities. And, you know, people would be asking me questions about stuff and I'd be like, oh, 
yeah, and I would have an answer, you know, uh-huh. and I'd be like, okay, like, so it was kind of eye-opening for me and, I mean, only in the last three or four years have I really got the ability, uh, the confidence to say things like I am a producer and I'm a composer. You know, like mm-hmm. before that I was like, I just play music, yeah. you know, but I, like I actually know what I'm doing and I know what I'm talking about. And, yeah. yeah, so like when I discovered the world, I was like, oh, well, maybe I don't have to walk away from this. Like maybe this is actually cool. I don't know. Yeah. And then, yeah, just, I learned about it. And, you know, I mean, even when I had first, for the first few years of working there, I was still like, I can't do this. You know, I I couldn't get custom work. It would be really hard. But now I'm like, yeah, you can, you just got to go do it. You just got to go do it. Yeah. 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 So that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to, well, I was going to say, like I had like tenacity, but also like stubbornness. Yeah, well, because it's the same. Uh, you have to have both. My wife's like, you are the most stubborn person I know. <laughs> but yeah, like I, a... it's cool when you discover that there's this whole other world, and maybe there's a bit for you to exist in it. Yeah, you know, that's it. Yeah, and every now and again, I and I don't know. I think some of it has to do with being a woman in this industry. Mm-hmm. Is definitely a lack of confidence, and but I know dudes who are, who are sometimes not as confident either, but I think I see it more in other women that I work with. But then sometimes, you know, like someone who I think is super established and very on top of their game will ask me a question and I'll have the answer and I'll be like, wait, what? And I'm like, oh, dude, like, yes, you've been doing this for so long, you uh, know, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, not a surprise. Yeah. Like. So, yeah, I think, but it is, it is a weird awakening for me in the last few years where I I'm like, oh, like, cool. So that's why I talk about it because it's like I wish uh, my future self or myself now could have gone to the 20-year-old and be like, don't mm-hmm. worry, just keep doing what, you yeah. know, because sometimes I do, you know, when it's work is really hard and there's a lot going on and deadlines and stress and like, oh, fuck, this is so hard. But the reason we do it, I think, is to be creating in that moment. Because mm-hmm. when when you're writing a song, I don't even know where I go, but it's not, I'm somewhere else, you know, yeah, and I it's, know what you mean, it's yeah. like another addiction, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's better than playing live because I'm at home and <laughs> yeah, I'm, for sure. and I'm just not, and then I come back and I'm like, what you happened? know, and then this I'll listen uh-huh. and I'll be like, this is fucking terrible. And then, but then you go away and you come yeah. back the next day and you're like, mm. it's okay. Yeah. All right, we got something. Yeah, that's you know? it. Yeah, we got something. That's yeah. uh, that's more than enough. Yeah, something to work with here. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Because, yeah, of course, we're not going to, you're not going to polish a dirt, but you're also not going to pull a diamond. Yes. Right. Yeah, You'll yeah. pull something that you can actually just, work on. As long as the everything's moving. That's, that's it. <laughs> yes. Healthy vowel movement. Yeah. That's, that's... I mean, that is the <laughs> underlying like thing for life. Yeah. If that's gone, you're good. everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. If there's something wrong there, yeah, take a step back and figure it out. Yeah, diet, that, sleep, sleep. Thinking back of that person who told us the week before we graduated, you're never gonna work for two. Ye- you're not gonna work for two years at least. Fifteen of us graduated, and I can't like say for sure, for sure, but it's really just a handful that are still doing music. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Good, and I mean, for many different reasons, many different yeah. like life. circumstances, life takes a bunch of turns. But it was. Like it, it, you have some sort of expectations that you never hear anything break that expectation. So you kind of see yourself, see your future potential self in music. And then you have this first line that someone says about what that future could look like and be like, well, actually, it's not what you think. Yeah. You don't go to Hollywood and like make it. 
you if you I mean, if you go to Hollywood, like by all means do it, but don't expect it. Like do it, like try it, but also the rent's really expensive. It's in like, you only imagine <laughs> and the sacrifice of doing that. I mean, it can be more or less of a sacrifice depending on your circumstance, but you need to be aware that it's. I think making mm. music is definitely one. I mean, it's the only career I've ever had, but <laughs> the sometimes the amount of sacrifices I've uh. made. You know, like, and that, that again was another reason why I stopped touring. It's like, I mm -hmm. met someone who I was like, I can't sacrifice this person yeah. to what I do. Cause I think this is actually the best person mm -hmm. probably ever going to meet. So I better not fuck um, it up, uh, you know? Course, course. So that was a reason to walk away from touring. But like, that is like this thing that comes from the dust and the stars of the big bang. It's <laughs> like, I don't know why, but it's us yeah. and we have to do it. And sometimes we'll go to extreme lengths, Yeah, you know? And, and we just do it. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't have a choice. No. And all we can like kind of hope is that we at least kind of align everything after the fact we made the choice. Yeah. So see what can be done once you made the decision. of. Yeah. And I think as you get older too, you get better at like giving and taking and like mm -hmm. making compromises sure. to, to, oh, yeah, for sure. to yeah, ensure yeah. that you have a... You know, I like, I try to be more balanced. I mean, I say that I have a really balanced life and then it's like, what do you do on the weekend? It's like, I sat and listened to records, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then I read and then I listened to some more records and then I worked in my studio, yeah. you know? So. But, but also the balance changes. Yeah. I mean, it, every, everyone's balance can, is also going to be different. Yeah. Too. But I listened to records with my wife and mm -hmm. she really likes doing that. So we That's had a good really time, cool. you know? That is really good. Yeah. That is very, very nice. Yeah. And I mean, I guess we happen to share that also, that circumstance of having, like, it sounds a bit harsh, but making uh, Montreal your new yeah. like, hub. That's and, crazy. And doing it takes a lot of time, but a lot of sacrifices, a lot of money, money. loneliness. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I moved here and I was like, what? Yeah. It's like the opposite side of the world. Literally. Yeah. For you. <laughs> yeah. And it's so far away. And yeah, like, you know, I feel bad that I don't go back to my family more than I do, but it's like, yeah, like, you know what it was like. Yeah. The stress of getting your PR card. Uh, yeah, that, that, for the, even when I got my work permit, it took me until I got my PR card to actually be confident enough to reach out, to work with people in Canada. Yeah, yeah. like, collaborate. Even even if it wasn't necessarily, like, work-related or, like, uh, like fiscally related. It was just, it. I, I couldn't help put some sort of, like, a lot of weight in my confidence to that fact because I knew that it needed to happen. Yeah. And as soon as it did, it was such a release and such a... Oh, yeah, it's a good I was, feeling. I was such a good feeling. I, I couldn't... I don't know how it happened, but I tied it directly to my abilities. Yeah, yeah. So I had to wait to have it so that I could actually tell people, you know, I write music for film and I yeah. do sound design and I do other stuff because yep. I... And yeah. I wouldn't have, I wasn't expecting that to happen. It just did. I experienced a similar thing for mm. sure. Like I wouldn't have dreamed of looking for work until I had, yeah. you know, the, I had a work permit, mm -hmm. but it was the PR card that was like, okay, well I can now, yeah, I think say this and go try to find work. And once you establish somewhere, you start making the connections that then will eventually lead yes. to yeah, so More. when I got the job at the library, it was funny because I was like one of maybe two people who actually did music and right. the rest were tech. It was like a tech oh, company. Right. I definitely met so many amazing writers and um, composers through that job that now I feel part of a broader community and, you know, I can ask them for things and mm -hmm. ask them for help and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty nice to notice 
how that community exists. Yeah. 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 And it's also really nice to to hear that they have similar stories. Like some of them I'm like <laughs> For sure. this is the most talented person I know. You know, this is one of the most talented people I know. Uh -huh. And they tell me that they nearly quit music because they felt so deflated after music yeah. school. You know, and it's like you're actually the most talented person yeah. I know. Like you're how you're insane. Yeah. Which is actually a one of, like the biggest reason why I wanted to do this, which is just not only for me to connect and for like people who listen to talk about those things where yeah. we're like, man, I... I wish someone had told me yeah, these things. because there were so many, there are so many struggles that we don't, like we just don't realize how common they are. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> I, I wish someone mm -hmm. could have told me all these things. And you know, like the only thing I used to get from touring people was like, touring sucks. It's so hard. <laughs> and I'd be like, what do you mean? And then after a while I'd be like, oh um, yeah, I get it. But I, you know, I like, I, I wish someone would have said, just hang in there and just do it and, yeah. and don't worry. And we get to where we're going eventually, you know, and I feel in the last few years, maybe the COVID thing really helped to slow me down, to make me realize these things that I knew them anyways, but mm -hmm. Um, it would have been nice down. to hear it, yeah. you know, like when you, when you're having a crisis of faith about what you do, <laughs> it would be nice to go someone who's the most incredible writer or composer ever who has those feelings too. And you're like, Oh, Ooh, I might happens. not be shit. I, yeah. <laughs> I might I, not be the most shit composer <laughs> in the world. You know, yeah. it's all really bizarre. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I, we can talk for hours, but. Oh, I know. I'm very good at talking. I, I mean, I, I don't really have, unless you have more questions for me. Well, or, no. Did I need to talk about, did I just like, is anyone listening still? And did I just I, ramble? Well, I think it was rambling that was kind of cohesive. It as long a, as there's something in yeah, there Yeah, I think people. it definitely had a start, clear start. Where we went, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But we, we're going to land somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I think like mm. the cool thing about your podcast is mm. there's not that many <laughs> podcasts where composers are chatting. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I'm glad that it's true because... And yeah. I want to hear what other people have to say because yeah. I sometimes you need to hear. You just need a little like, oh, I didn't think of it this way or... Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna kill. I shouldn't say that. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not. Gonna, no. I was like, where's she going? With no, that? I don't want to like. I kill my career. You know, like yeah. I'm not gonna walk away from it because the. Sure. It's just like reassuring. It's nice to I'm, hear people. I'm glad do. that it, it has that effect because it's always great to hear other people when they talk about, say, a specific project or something in specific, uh, and like the troubleshoot that went into creating a score, a CD, or whatever. Yeah. That's always very cool, very interesting. Yeah. But I, I always find myself more interested in when those little snippets where you, they talk about their everyday and yeah. like their interaction with the music rather than how we make the music. Because, yeah. yes, we love it. We all make it. But not only do we all make it differently, like we all have so many different backgrounds. So instead of it being like, oh, this is how you make a chord progression. Yeah. Also, you know, again... I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> there you go. You know, so, like if someone's like, this is the only way you can do it, I'll be like, nah, mm, I bet it's not. Yeah. And I'm going to find a exactly. different way. Because if you're telling me that's the only, that's the only I way, don't, it's, I don't believe you. Yeah. You should always be skeptical of someone who tells you how it should be, how it's done, yeah. how you should be, how you should look. Yeah. Dead ne wrong. Never. In the way you are, the way you dress, talk, walk, whatever, anything. Like, who cares? Yeah. Just, Live it. Yeah, and most people are it. full of absolute shit. Yes, especially the most confident ones. Oh, yeah. If you Such... see the most confident person in the room, walk yes. away. Find the weirdo yeah. standing by themselves. 
Yes. Or gesturing wildly in an awkward conversation. <laughs> they're the person you want to talk yes, to. Yes, they will most definitely at least be a very interesting chat. Yes. Very yeah. interesting chat. Yeah. I assure you they will have like constructive feedback and yeah. criticism. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's a good note to end it. Thank you for having me. No, it's thank been you. awesome. Honestly, thank you so much for spending the time. Cause I'll come I'm, hang out in this excellent studio anytime. I would love to have you here. And we, next time we can bring the pedals. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll have to drive because there's a lot. Thank you once again to Kate for taking the time to come over here to the studio and chat with me. Now, as for the music that we created together, I'm honestly very pumped about what we wrote together. It is definitely something outside of my comfort zone in terms of music making, but it definitely is a style that I personally listen to often. And I have to say, I'm pretty pleased with what we came up with. I'm going to add in the show notes the two tracks that we used as a starting point. We used one of them to determine the key of our piece, and we took a couple of rhythmic elements from the second one, but really just as inspiration. Again, to make it a little bit less daunting for us to begin working on something, I now also ask the guests... What was the last film, series, documentary, or any other audiovisual medium that you saw? And from that answer, we'll determine maybe the emotional tone for our piece or something that's going to give us a little bit more direction. In the case of my conversation with Kate, the last audiovisual she saw was actually Fire of Love, which is a documentary about a couple of volcano researchers. So we decided to take the image of a volcano just about to erupt so we see it just before, as we already kind of feel what's coming. We feel the eruption and then the aftermath. We decided to name the track The Grey One. This track, as well as all of the other tracks I make with my guests over here, are going to be available to listen to on Spotify and other stream platforms. So if you just want to have a listen to the track, you won't have to go through our conversation over and over again. And without any further ado, I give you The Grey One, composed with Kate Cooper.